Hey, good morning to you. A happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. So, uh, as I alleged to, I bid out to a Chicago White Sox game yesterday. Yeah. Day game. How was by it? The way. It was. It was fun. It was. It went. It, I mean, other than the fact the Sox didn't score any runs, uh, which mm. makes it really hard, hard to win, win a baseball game. So I'm going to say game. they lost. Yeah. A um, couple things. Uh, it's it's a nice stadium. I got yeah. no problem with it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a nice stadium. Relatively new. Uh, shout out to the security guy at the ticket window who, when I was going to get tickets, said, you want to sit on this side. Why? He goes, it's in the shade. Oh, thank oh, you. It was really nice. It was a beautiful day, right? It was yeah. So, yeah, we sat on the uh, the first base side, which You'd was, been like fraud, I, like I would burnt. be yeah. third degree burns, yeah. without a doubt. Um, and uh, uh, people were were. We're nice. You Happy? Guys, you guys have, yeah, you guys have set this up as something it wasn't, for goodness sakes. But no, it was, uh, I, but I am conflicted. So am I allowed to have an AL team and an NL team? Am I allowed to, to cheer for the Sox and the Cubs as long yes, as they're not playing each other? that's the best Chicago one. Really? Yeah, exactly. Like so me. I, I like both. Pick. I don't have to like be on. Uh, here's oh, Nick. See, no. I was say, Southsider, yeah. Do you Keep have it to, to yourself, pick a side Nick. of the fence? Like, yeah. No. Middle of the road? Okay. You, I'm a Cubs fan, but I love going to Sox games. Okay. And when the, I, lo- I want the Sox to win. Okay. I don't hate the Sox. Don't hate them. Nick, if- are you a Sox fan? No. Oh, you're a Cubs fan and you hate the Sox? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if you, if it came down to it, me too. But I, I, you can like both. Here's what I hate. When you're like a Sox fan and you hate the Cubs. Well, okay, so I had a, a fan explain this to me. Because I was talking to a guy. Was he oh. a high five guy? No, no. But he, we, yeah, he was, was thinking he yelling about it. at the yeah, yeah. players. Uh, he said, he said, here, he goes, let me let me explain to you how this works. Sox fans hate Cubs fans, <laughs> and he said because they doesn't think they're real baseball fans. Cubs fans don't give a hoot about Sox fans. He's about going and drinking beer and hanging out. Sox fans even crazier. Uh, And also, can I point out that yesterday's game against the Cardinals, I don't want to exaggerate, but close to half the stadium was Cards fans. Close enough, yeah. You know, because Southern Illinois, yeah. and obviously a, a lot, a lot of folks came up for that uh, that day game. So anyway, uh, it was it had a little bit of everything. We had a pitcher fall off the mound. I'm yeah. like, it's not like the mound moved. It's <laughs> been the same mound the whole time. Fell off the mound, hurt his leg. Uh, but the important part, we had a pitcher. We had a ump, uh, uh, the the Cardinals manager was thrown out during a pitching change, which I couldn't understand <laughs> because they made the pitcher who's coming in change his hat. Because I think oh. they alleged he had something in his hat. And I'm like, well, then why did they throw him out? Well, he hasn't thrown a pitch yet. Oh, for God's sakes. So a little bit of everything. Those baseball part. rules, right, yeah, baseball that we rules. talked about, yeah. need, uh, it's, who knows? Speaking of rules. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, the oh. important part. The oh, food. Yeah. How is the, the food? food? What would you have to eat? Uh, Chicken nuggets? I couldn't find nuggets. I had bona beef. I had a... They're right at the top of my, yeah. my row. They nice. had a little stand there. I go, good enough. Let's stop there. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I did buy a hat. So, sorry, I do have a hat. And see, so- hat I like socks. Yeah, they have good hats. Yeah. Much better than the Cubs. I look better in black. Mm-hmm. In baseball? Was it- I didn't grow up here. It certainly wasn't socks or Cubs. But what was it? <sighs> Tucson cactuses. You didn't yeah. have one. I didn't really have yeah. one. Well, I grew up in Washington, so D.C. So, you before- could easily become a Sox fan. Before we had a team. Yeah. 
you know, before the Nationals. So the, the Orioles were the closest team. I was like, I don't know, Baltimore. Then I moved to Tucson, and we didn't have a team in Tucson, and Phoenix didn't even have the Diamondbacks yet. So I was like a, a man without a country oh, for a long man. time. Yeah, you're like Switzerland. Yeah. Just, you like everybody. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Dear Cubs, dear Sox, my loyalty is in play. Ah, I'm well, well, you know what? You, yeah. need, you need to go to a cross-town so, um, game. You need to yeah, go to a Will do. Yeah. Classic. Uh, speaking of policies and rules, by the way, unwritten. Now, these ones are written. Yeah, a new right police foot pursuit policy here in the city of Chicago. This is in the wake of a couple of relatively high profile f- police foot pursuits that ended in shootings. And, Judy, what am I to understand is now going to change as far as Chicago PD is concerned? Well, here's the thing. It's nothing's really changing because according to the police department, this was always in play. Officers always knew that they should not be separated from their partner if they see the person they're chasing, if they can't see the person they're chasing. Okay. Uh, Stopping the chase if officers believe they wouldn't be able to control the person. Mm -hmm. Attempting to contain a suspect to a particular area by notifying outside police units as to an alternative to chasing them. So knowing where they are, stopping and getting someone else to, to jump in. Now, the uh, CPD says for the first time this is uh, codified into a written policy. So, so here's the difference. So rule of copping? I guess, yeah, okay. this was training. This is what officers knew to do, but now they've put it in writing, and now they can be subject to disciplinary action. If police. They, police, right. Another if rule they against violate co- the policy. Yeah, it also, what they're asking is, and this kind of runs along the idea of the car chase. You know, we have these limits and rules for car chases. And so they've added an element of that to the foot pursuit policy where officers are supposed to assess the seriousness of the crime that the suspect is wanted. Um are you putting officers or bystanders at risk of getting hurt? Right. It sounds like the the, yeah. the car chase policy, right? And only pursue people on foot if they have probable cause that person has committed a crime or believe they are about to commit one. I would hope that officers have been doing this for I was the whole say, time. Wouldn't I mean, that these be are normal? these are pretty standard. Yeah, uh, no brainers to me. Yeah, why would you? Why would you chase someone so, well, if you I didn't guess, think they were going to commit a crime? I guess so. The argument is so. You, so I'm, I'm trying to play this out. Maybe I've watched too many cop shows. Yeah, that's always the you problem. Got two we guys have. rolling along, right? Two two CPD guys rolling up. They pull up. Group of guys standing on a street corner. Okay, four of them. Cop pulls up. Hey, what's up? One of them takes off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you chase them? As far as you know, he hasn't done anything wrong. He, right. is, so so I think what this says is you don't chase the guy that just took off. Yeah, no problem. Right. Because cause, you have yeah. no probable cause right. he did anything wrong. The fact that he's running doesn't mean he's guilty. But we know why he's running. Oh, but you're yeah. not allowed. That's right. not going to hold up in a court of law. Why did you run? I needed a jog. I was, I was late for dinner. Uh, you know, I stretch it yeah. out a little bit. I mean, if they drop, you know, maybe a baggie of something with white powder in it, and then they run, well, that would be different, I guess. There, See, there are all these nuances. But, in the, in the, in the, but this wouldn't have changed anything in the Adam Toledo, because they were responding to a call of shots fired mm-hmm. and found two guys in the area where... Gunshots had been heard. Right. Fitting a description. 
who then took off running. I mean, how I don't see how this would have changed the Toledo outcome. Any, well, and I don't and see we, how the officer and, would have been in trouble for the foot pursuit policy there because right. he should have been. Yeah, and I, we're going to assume that the officer saw him with a gun in his hand. He did have a gun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, that you know, you we don't know if the officer, if he thinks he sees a gun, that's a whole different ball game. I'm still now not you clear really on the Alvarez to... one. The Alvarez uh, shooting slash chase. Well, see, that's interesting because, yeah, how do you... The origination of it. But why were the police even there? I don't think we ever... Right, really he had walked out of a store... That. He didn't steal something, I don't believe. And and but if you watch that video, the way the police jump on him immediately, they oh, it's almost like they were waiting for him, or they knew uh-huh. something had happened. We have well, not heard that yet, though. Will this just encourage more people to run from the police? I I, I thought when you you had the policy of um, don't chase them in a car if they're driving dangerously or fast, I thought that could have the impact of well. All you got to do is drive fast enough and they'll stop chasing you. <laughs> and is the same argument to be made as this, what do we call it? It's codified. God, I hope that word means what I think it means. In writing, and that the word goes out, hey, all you got to do is beat them in a foot race. Well, quite frankly, I don't think there are very many high-speed police chases where they get away. Nick, am I wrong? I, I feel like they either crash or... They pick them up somewhere else. Right, right. You know, cops talk to each other. And, they talk to each other in different cities and in different states. They even. show up at the guy's yeah. house and there's the car exactly. parked in the front yard. Or, right you know, he we, goes we into Indiana and now Indiana State Police take over and they know where. Yeah, it, very rarely do they get away. No, so. but, but, but they still run. <laughs> you know, is my point. They still, try, still try on Well, some yeah, level. I just don't know that they're um, they're so up on the policies that they understand that. Mm. they. I mean, I do believe that. Criminals, especially in Chicago, know that I don't care if I get arrested. I'll be out by noon. Mm. That's what I don't like. I don't know so much about There's police even less policy of a concern of, as um, the legal system. Usain right. Bolt being the cop chasing you. Yeah. That uh, Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But I don't know that they sit around the corner talking about, hey, did you hear about the new police policy? Mm. They, you know. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Jesus. That's very regal. I love it. I always sense. wanted to be an Olympic gymnast. Yeah. What mm. stopped you? Um, inability oh, to do gymnastics. The, the horse. The horse. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I think you're doing my it inability wrong, to by the way. touch my toes. Yeah, that, that was certainly the problem. Get in the way, I, it? Yeah, apparently yeah. I wasn't as flexible as I thought I should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid dreams of going to the Olympics at some point, though, right? If you're a little bit athletic, you think, okay. "Oh, I could do that." No. Maybe it's a gymnast thing. Maybe yeah. because I did like gymnastics and I did do it. I wanted to go where they made money. <laughs> I was like, they get paid to the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm okay with that. I wanted the fame and glory. Uh, they, um, but it may not happen either way. I mean, think about the people that have been oh. training, those gymnasts out there that have been touching their toes, for goodness sakes, for years. Uh, because the Tokyo Olympics is in danger of not happening. After being postponed, it was supposed to happen last year, right? Yeah. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, well, we knew it wasn't going to happen then. That, that was off. The Tokyo Olympics said, that's nuts, right? We can't do a event where people from a hundred some odd countries, plus family, friends, trainers. I mean, there's a support. It's not just the athlete yeah, goes. Other people yeah. have to be there or will be there. Um, didn't make sense last year. But does it make sense this year? Not in Tokyo. I think that now the problem Tokyoans is just- are cons- it, By the way, is that what you call them? What do you call people from Tokyo? Tokyoans? Tokyoans. Tokyoans. Um, yeah, they're, you Tokyo know, Asians. I think it's it's not the location that's the problem, not 
so much COVID is because they're having such a problem with COVID. Right. Anywhere else, it may have been okay. All right. I well, think. joining us right now is Tom Rivers, ABC News correspondent. And Tom, uh, listen, there, there are calls inside Japan now to cancel the Olympics. Is that what we're getting? Yeah, we've had for weeks, actually months, uh, polling in the country, 60 to 80 percent of average citizens in Japan say, no way, really? we don't want this thing, go away. And now, just a poll a couple days ago, uh, 83% of, of citizens are saying that. Wow. New chapter, though, we've got the largest, second largest circulation paper in the world, the Ashihi Shimbun, coming forward and saying in an editorial, nope, you know, we've looked at this from all angles, this thing should be canceled, we don't want it. And they are a local sponsor. Local sponsors, not the international ones, the local sponsors, kicking in about $3.6 billion into the kitty. Wow. So they're the ones saying, we, 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 want, we need to throw the towel in on this. That's important. We'll see if others follow. And, <laughs> and the reason, again, that it's just unsafe. unsafe. They don't. It's unsafe. They're worried. They're concerned. For whatever reason, they were pretty good in the first wave dealing with uh, testing and tracing. They never really got on the vaccination bandwagon way way behind oh. other western countries so that's that's a problem in and of itself at uh, this point tom saying, look if you get athletes what at this point tom could they pull their sponsorship money i think uh, well the boy that that's one for a, a, a busload of lawyers <laughs> Japanese uh, i don't know short short answer i don't know but it's interesting though you've got uh You've got people that come in from, say, the U.S. or the U.K. Are they vaccinated? Yeah, they're all ready to rock and roll. You got some, you know, some some athletes, some runners that come in from the, the developing world. They haven't had a sniff of a vaccine right. yet. Uh, and you throw it all into the mix. You're talking what? Fifteen thousand athletes, as you alluded to at the top. You've got the trainers. You've got the uh, the Olympic organizers, the officials. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a heck of a mix. Uh, and it's not like something simple like, say, the NBA, where you can kind of, you know, you can, can kind of control that. Here you've got a multitude of disciplines, a multitude of different venues. We don't even know if they go forward. Are you going to have zero fans? Mm. Are you going to have 10%? Of, we don't even know that yet. Okay. It is, uh, it's a crash. Yeah, we're talking ABC News' is Tom Rivers. You know, when you were saying that, it kind of dawned on me. You're right. You've got all these different venues scattered all around, mm-hmm. which then also means you got to transport all these people back and forth. Uh, you know, there, there, there's so you're not only you're talking about all the athletes, the staff, the officials, et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera, possibly fans, but then you have them, whether it's rental cars, buses, or trains moving all around. And local people working local those people jobs. But, and it's the local people who are saying, you're going to be bringing in a lot of folks, like Tom said, who their country hasn't had dose one yet yeah. of a vaccine. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. You know, if you, if you say like a certain sport, we're going to hold it at this arena and we're going to get the two teams involved. They're going to be there for a week. and Boom. It's hermetically sealed. Um, the Olympics, not. Yeah, medically sealed. Mm-hmm. It's got it's a can with a whole lot of holes in it. <laughs> well, and I feel like with you know if they if you don't have local support in your host city, you can't. What can you can't put the Olympics on? You have to have local support. Oh gosh, yeah, of course you do. And a little twist too. The, the the latest polling too, looking at you know the prime minister, Prime Minister Shuga has been saying, look, I'm with the IOC. It's going to go forward. I don't care if there's a uh, 
state of emergency in Tokyo. We're going to go on. We're going to carry this ball through. And 73% of the Japanese people say, uh, we, don't, we don't trust the prime minister. We don't believe him. Uh, those are not good numbers. No. Hey, thank you so much, Brad. We, we, Tom, excuse me. We appreciate your, uh, your insight into that, for goodness sakes. Uh, the, the, the uh, Tokyo Olympics may not have 83% yeah. of, of the people in Japan don't want it to have. You couldn't get 83% of Americans to agree it's Thursday. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they are in lockstep that I mean, it's a bad idea. And the point I was trying to make was so, okay, they say they go ahead with it. People aren't going to show up. Yeah, they're not going to be able to get to their game. Anyway, I yeah, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, my Uber! I, I Uber can't even. I can't even get to up. my gymnastics meet." Yeah, yeah. yeah I if mean, you don't have the. If you don't, if you have, don't the, have the local, local workers, support, the local people, you can't have it anyway. Wow. But then what happens? So what happens? If, what? Do they postpone them again? Do oh, they they can't. move them somewhere else? You got another one coming up. Has there been? You got a 2022 Olympics coming up next year. The Winter Olympics. What are you going to run at the same time? Has there been Olympics before in Tokyo? I'm sure, but, but I can't I mean, tell you. Th- how much money did they spend building all of the buildings? They always do that. You build the whole new city. Do all that yeah. stupid yeah. stuff, right? But then you, you hopefully you get the buildings and things afterward to use too. Uh, but yeah, ask ask places like uh, Brazil how that worked, where they yeah. have all these huge Empty, stadiums uh, yeah. and they haven't used for anything. Homeless shelters now, yeah. yeah. So have they have it before? I don't know. Thank you for that. I think we all remember the Tokyo '64 Olympics. That was fantastic. I hope they're not using the same buildings as 1964. <laughs> yeah, right? That might be an issue in and of itself, right? Well, Chicago knows how to do it. Look at all of our beautiful lakefront buildings from the World's Fair, right? Oh, so We beautiful. built all those museums, and we used them. Used them. Yeah. A lot of places. But we should have gotten the Olympics. A lot of places. Yeah. Well, if you say that, yeah. would you want the world coming to Chicago in a, in a month? Oh, I want. When we were up for the Olympics, I so wanted the Olympics. Yeah, that was pre-pandemic, yeah, yes. though. I know there were there were two sides. It was either yes or no. There's no, no middle ground, but I would have loved it. I hmm. think there's always a downside. Like, the cities that have the Olympics, like you said. Go bankrupt. Bankrupt, and then years <laughs> later, there's all these giant stadiums empty. What okay, do they does do anyone, them? is there ever a benefit to people who hold in the Olympics? I, I mean, don't think there countries? is. Really? I vote against it every time. Why yeah. do, then why do, they lose co- money but then why do countries compete for it? They are they desperate to have it. Right, because they, it, usually it's some, whatever dictators running the country thinks it's going to put them on the map and, you know, make us a global power. Let's, mm. let's hold it in Sochi. I mean, Chicago really Couldn't fought for the Olympics. It. Yeah. That we lost oh, to I'm not Brazil, for I think it was, right? Tax dollars yeah. going to the Olympics. If private business wants to pay for it, knock yourself out. I don't want to, I don't want to pay All for right. it. All right, yeah, like Jeff, the Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos wants to, pay, wants to sponsor the Olympics and pay for it, great. I'm not I'm not going to pay for it. He can afford it. Well, Japanese don't want it either, apparently. Mm-hmm. And will it go off? I, 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 I get both sides. I can hear both arguments. But the prime minister can say what he wants about it going forward. If he doesn't have the workers, I don't know May what he's going to do. Yeah, May not matter. May not you matter. can want all you want. Um, don't worry. There's still time for our criminal of the day. Got to give a, uh, a shout out to uh, Patrick M. Callahan of Columbus, Ohio, who came woefully unprepared to an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> Allegedly, Callahan was drunk in a bar. Ah. Uh. And was refusing to leave, probably because it was only 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> Police arrived to remove him, which, of course, he removed. Uh, refused to do. And he casually mentions he has a prosthetic leg. 
This is going to become more important in a bit. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Eventually, a combative Callahan was handcuffed and transported to lockup. According to police, as he was being escorted into jail, he lunged at and kicked one of the officers, although it's not clear if he used his good <laughs> leg or the fake one. <laughs> Callahan was charged with a misdemeanor counts of resisting arrest, obstructing official business, and disorderly conduct. So, for trying to kick your way out of an arrest, but only bringing one leg, nice. you, Patrick Callahan, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Hey, good morning to you, and a happy Thursday. We're going to kick off the 6 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about today. Cheese, what do you got? Yeah, conspiracy theorists, get back to work. Because Facebook has lifted the ban on posts claiming that COVID-19 was man-made. So you can now get back to work on Facebook and post those conspiracies. Get all my news through me. Yeah, I can't wait. Hey, Lakeshore Drive will not be renamed DuSable Drive, at least not yet. Aldermen have stalled a vote until next month, so now there's time to call your alderman, I'm just saying. (laughs) Plenty of time, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Chicago police clarify a policy on foot pursuits. When to, maybe more importantly, when not to chase suspects on Mm. foot. Will it lead to fewer shootings? Hopefully. I guess we'll find out, right? Speaking of shootings, uh, uh, you know, like like so many others of these, maybe you got the breaking news alert. Maybe you heard a little bit of a, a, a clip of something that there had been a shooting in San Jose. It was immediately followed by multiple victims, then multiple fatalities. And, and count me as one that, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, this is going to sound callous. Okay, what's the number? Yeah. What's the number? How bad is it? Right? I know it's bad. How bad is it? And I don't know. Newtown did that for me. Where, and I can't tell you what the over-under is. But there's a number where it goes from a shooting to, oh my God, a shooting. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, when, when you hear, I just remember, I was on the radio the morning of Newtown when this story was breaking and we're covering it. And the just the numbers kept going up. And it, it's like this sinking feeling. Like every time they add more numbers, every yeah. time there's a new, a new official count, if you will. Joining us right now is ABC News' Brad Garrett. Uh, first off, what is the latest on the San Jose shooting? What, what do we know as of right now? So apparently one other victim died overnight, so you have... Nine victims, and then if you add the shooter, that's ten total uh, that died. Um, there was talk because I think a, a dog picked up a, an explosives dog picked up a scent, but I've not heard anything overnight that they actually found explosives. Got it. So, and, you, and can you just clarify for our listeners and give us a, what what happened in the background? Sure. So you've you've got uh, this transit authority in San Jose, and around 6.30-ish a.m. their time uh, yesterday, uh, this guy shows up and shoots a number of people in two different locations. Now, to get a visual of this, it's a big yard, some open, some not, where they work on light rail cars. And there's also, I think, the dispatchers and the communication for the transit authority Mm -hmm. Uh, is also in that building. And so 
he was an employee, so his ability to get in there, because you have to have a badge to get in, would be quite easy. In fact, I don't even know, maybe he was even supposed to be at work yesterday. That hasn't been mentioned yet, but be that what it may, he was able to get in. Um, and it's, you know, I think another sad example of workplace violence. We don't know the grievance. We don't know who his revenge was focused on. Um, but, you know, that's sort of the textbook. That's why these guys in particular go to businesses is to seek revenge because they believe they've been wronged by management and, uh, and or coworkers. Mm. And what do we know about the shooter? You know, interesting, older, he's 57, and typically mass shooters are in their 20s, 30s, 30s sometimes yeah. early 40s, but 57 is, is out there, and uh, he, he apparently went there with multiple guns. They haven't really told us exactly what the weapons were. He He did something that we don't tend to see every day. He set his house on fire before he left. Now, I was asked that question a number of times yesterday, and I said, look, if you're going to commit an act like this, you want to annihilate things. And my guess is he wanted just to wipe away and annihilate the house mm. that he had. Um, and because I suspect he knew he wasn't going to come back to it. Interesting. Uh, again, we're talking to ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett. And Brad, sadly, what happened in San Jose yesterday, just add it to the list this year. And I mean, statistically, are these happening more? Are they happening more often? The the mass shootings, it, it feels like they are, but maybe that's because we went with a year where I didn't hear about them. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about this year, so far, I think uh, the last count was in, in the low 230s, like 231, 32, maybe 33. That's a lot of shootings in, what, five months, um, mass shootings. And you don't, the thing of it is, you don't care about them because we don't talk about most of right. them. We talk about these high-profile ones, but, you know, the average mass shooting, you know, is a local event where somebody goes, berserk basically and annihilates their entire family and maybe more than one location Brad, um, real quickly though to clarify a mass shooting doesn't mean fatalities right it just means victims it it means right the <clears throat> the definition that most people use <clears throat> excuse me law enforcement tends to use is four victims shot uh, but maybe not dead or Got you it. could have four dead victims Got but, it. but four is the number that they tend to work off of mm-hmm yeah, which, by the way, happens in Chicago on an almost daily basis, where we have the, that many victims. Uh, you know, I mean, that is just kind of right. sadly part of part of it. Um, right. Do we have an idea, uh, I mean, psychology-wise, pandemic-wise, is there any experts giving us any reason why there's been an uptick? Well, I mean, you certainly could use the COVID-19 as an aggravator. I mean, typically people who commit mass shootings sort of have a history of failing at things. They have an inability to cope. They like to blame others, and it's all driven by revenge. They also tend to be isolated based only on what I've read where neighbors were interviewed by local affiliates around San Jose said, you know, he's a guy, he was a loner. 
Mm. I mean, I could start rattling off before you went off the air all the mass shootings that that the variables I just went through right. would have fit every every one of them. There's always some precipitating event. I assume the PD in San Jose will tell us, or the sheriff's office will tell us, you know, what what possibly set him off. Did he get fired? Did he get demoted? Or you know, what what is it that really lit him up? There's usually some event that the rest of us would go, you kill people over that. Right. But it doesn't really matter. It really matters what is in his head. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, we just keep repeating this. And, um, you know, the problem with a lot of legislation, and I'm not opposed to gun uh, restrictions or regulation or registration, but it really won't really affect mass shootings much because they're, they're pre-planned. If you make it more difficult for them to get the weapons, I mean, let's face it, there's more guns than there are people in this yeah. country. And there's like multiple millions now of AR-type weapons. Yeah, it's the it's the most popular gun in America right now. Right, AR-15s. Hey, Brad, so, I, I, I yeah. thank you very much. I do appreciate it. I'm up against the break here, but thank you. That's Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst, on not only the latest on the San Jose mass shooting where there was another victim that passed away overnight, bringing the victims to nine, uh, and 232 mass shootings this year alone. A mass shooting being four or more victims shot and or killed. I do think that's an important distinction to make that that's what how you qualify for it. But yeah, it's it's you know, we're back to old normal. Oh. <laughs> you know, well, beyond it, that, that's yeah. the that's the scary part. Yeah. Um I've been flying a lot this year, partly because I moved, had to go back and forth and racing and whatnot. So I, I I'm flying tomorrow. Yeah. So um and I always well uh, be nice when you're on the flight. Bring please. him out. I'm always very yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm very nice, and I I'm 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 I've been especially nice to flight attendants lately because it strikes me that they're put in a very stressful position and they have to do a difficult job. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the flight attendants. By the way, it's not their rule; it's the airline's yeah. rule. Mm-hmm. You got to pull your mask up. You got to wear your mask. You know, even on the plane if you're not actively eating or drinking. And and the, the times when I have. I fell asleep and it slipped down, and they they live wake it. you up. Yeah, I feel ba- I felt bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. You got to be the mass police. You know what I'm saying? I I didn't do it on purpose. I'm not mm-hmm. you know making a statement, but um, it's becoming pretty darn hard to be a flight attendant these days. We, we had we had the story on a Southwest flight of a <laughs> a brawl that breaks out mid flight. A flight attendant ends up losing teeth, Judy. Uh yeah. A 28-year-old woman's charged with felony battery. So a woman punched another woman, a flight attendant, in the face. She lost two teeth. Um, I'm thinking they need hazard pay at this point. Yeah, well... So it happened on a flight from Sacramento to San Diego on Sunday morning. Right. Um, I'm trying to look and see if there was alcohol involved here. And I don't believe there was. It's a short flight, yeah. It's a short flight. You know, what's happening? Are passengers just becoming more unstable? So it's already stressful to fly. You know, right. I think for a lot of people, especially if you don't fly a lot, it's stressful. Right. You take your shoes off. You get to set off the thingy. How much is three ounces of 
freaking shampoo or whatnot. But joining us right now is Jim Ryan with ABC News. And Jim, I mean, are we getting to the point where flight attendant is going to have to what enter the pantheon of most dangerous jobs? Because we're hearing these assaults on flight attendants and air crews more and more. Well, yeah, and especially for some reason on Southwest Airlines. No. Between wow. April 8th and May 15th, just that one month, there were 477 passenger misconduct incidents what? on Southwest Airlines flights. 477, Bruce. Oh, my God. Okay, you know why that's weird is I feel like Southwest is one of the more happy airlines. You know, they really, well, their customer service well, is really good. They're happy. The passengers yeah. are. I know. I think it's the Walmart of airlines. Why do they yeah. attract grumpy passengers? Yeah. It's a, maybe because, you know, it's just a matter of volume. Lots yeah. and lots of flights, Southwest flights here domestically. Uh, the, the 737s aren't the most roomy of aircraft, no. and those are the ones that Southwest they fly exclusively. Mm. So that may be part of the reason here that somebody who shot that video, and by the way, you're right, they, the flight attendants like to sing goofy songs sometimes. When you sure. see that video of the brawl between the passenger and the flight attendant from the other day, if you listen carefully, at the very beginning, you hear a, a different flight attendant singing a song into the mic, right. you know, for the passengers to hear. So, uh, but you're right. So, I mean, they seem to be, they, they're the love airline. They always have been. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the person who shot that video, by the way, said that the flight attendant also was at fault because she wouldn't let it go. The, the, the woman did finally put her mask up. The, the flight attendant was leaning over her to talk to the person in the window seat, and that's when this ILC passenger got mad, stood up, and punched her in the face. It, it obviously escalated very quickly. Yes. <laughs> Those passengers now are looking at some serious, serious issues, fines in the thousands of dollars levied by the FAA. Well, yeah, I, and I, that's a new thing, right? They're, starting, they're really cracking down and, and upping those fines. They are. You know, they think part of that, Judy, is that they're trying to serve as some kind of deterrent to those who in the future might think about doing the same thing. Try to get people to stay in their seats, keep their masks on for as long as that dictate is in place, probably through September. And so, but it's just remarkable to see the numbers across the airline industry. We just talked about 477 Southwest Airlines reports. And consider that in a normal year, an entire year, the FAA would collect about 150 formal complaints about unruly passengers oh my goodness so far this year in the first five months of the year 2500 reports oh. to the faa <laughs> so there is something afoot if you will yeah. yeah to say the least uh listen jim thank you for that good luck sure. flying by the way let's <laughs> just throw it in there he's abc news correspondent jim ryan so when you fly a lot you see a lot right yeah so i i had an incident on a flight where a passenger had been drinking he was sitting directly in front of me on the aisle and the flight attendant cut him off Ooh. he asked for another drink and said you know we think you've had enough I mean, he was like slurring his speech you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. he was decidedly lit and he grabbed the flight attendant by the arm and like spun her around when she walked Ooh, away bad move oh and i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa you know and she said, you wait right here. <laughs> she was not happy. She goes up. The pilot comes out. He's got his epaulets on, his hat. And the pilot. I mean, I can't avoid it. The guy's literally yeah, right in front yeah, of me. Yeah. And the pilot says, <clears throat> here's what's going to happen. He goes, you're already in trouble. It can only get worse from here. When we land, police are going to meet the plane, and they're going to escort you off. 
This is, that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, and this guy's good. looking at him. And he said, he said, now, everything else that happens is dependent on you. And he and he looked at me. I'm kind of a big guy, right? Six foot whatever. And there was another guy sitting on the aisle across from kind of beefy dude. Yeah. And he said, you two, if he gets up out of his seat, you have my permission to restrain him any way you feel necessary oh until we land. And this guy, he wasn't a big guy. He looks back at me. He looks at the other guy. <laughs> and, and, and the pilot says, are we clear? Yes, sir. Okay. Wow. Good. And we landed and they literally said, uh, before anybody gets up, we uh, have had an incident yeah. on the plane. Police are here. Police yep. are going to come on board. Don't anybody get out of your seat until I turn the seatbelt sign off. And they well, came they, on, dragged them off the plane. That's a gr- that's a great example of an incident that ended well, right? Yes. Very few well, of those. Like, and that, yeah. Brawl. He, he has all fight. his weight. The he the pilot has all his teeth still, right? Pill has yeah. all. But his I would teeth have said, hey, who's flying the plane right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're back here. Yeah. Could you get back to your seat, please, Mr. Pilot? Also, (laughs) sir, I'm just curious as to how far this is going. Hey, good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Uh, This weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and I I do think there's maybe some. Listen, I don't want to be that guy, but I think there's some education that needs to go on. Mm. I think we tend to lump things together, and Memorial Day is important, and it's solemn. Memorial Day is not Veterans Day. Veterans Day is different entirely. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day, if you, if you, the reason it was created was to commemorate, to honor, and remember the servicemen and women who died while serving this country. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not a Veterans Day. That's in November. Mm-hmm. We got that. Um, joining us right now is somebody who knows all too much about that. Jim Frazier, uh, retired, um, survivor outreach service coordinator, and you're a gold star father. You you lost someone. First off, thank you for joining us. Um, can't imagine the sacrifice you and your your family uh, made for this country. Um, talk to me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Um, well, I lost my son, uh, Staff Sergeant Jacob Frazier who uh, was in the Air Force uh, back in March 29th, 2003, uh, mm-hmm. early on in Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, so uh, I've been at this uh, Memorial Day uh, things for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thank you. I love your introduction. Uh, it's not Veterans Day. It's not Armistice Day. Uh, it's not Easter. Uh, it's Memorial Day, which is the day that we honor those who have given their lives uh, while on duty uh, in service to our country. Yeah, and, and I, again, I, I don't mean to be preachy. Do you know what I'm saying, Mr. Frazier? But I do think it's important to make a distinction for people. It's not Happy oh, Memorial yeah. Day. I tell, ugh, I cringe when I hear that. I'm just like, you know, it's more than barbecues, right? And and you, as part of a group called Gold Star Dads of America, um, you're doing your part here. Well, you know, we... As you're saying it, uh, it's all about uh, those who have given their lives. And, yeah, enjoy the barbecues and enjoy a party. Enjoy your friends. But please stop and take a moment and remember why uh, you have this long weekend. Mm. Uh, Remember that the sacrifices uh, that this country has had to make uh, through the decades and centuries, uh, uh, that sacrifice uh, is individuals. And uh, 
and we need to remember their uh, sacrifice. Yeah. I, Bruce, I've got a very basic uh, attitude about it. As long as we remember and say their names, their spirit lives on. Uh, and that's in, that's important to those of us who have uh, buried a son or a daughter or a husband or wife, a loved one. So how can just the average American like me, what can I do to, uh, you know, for Memorial Day t- to honor those people as well, rather than just, you know, putting my flag out? I mean, is there something else I can do? Well, sure. You can take a moment and and uh, and think about uh, the people uh, who have uh, given their lives, uh, the brave men and women of, uh, of our services. Uh, and, and if you're with others, take a few minutes and, and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about the, the idea that, uh, our freedom doesn't come cheap. Uh, it's, it's paid for at a, at a pretty high price. Uh, so, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing, stop and take a couple of minutes and, uh, and think about it. And if you know a family, if you know somebody who has lost someone, uh, contact them and say, hey, we haven't forgotten. We're, we haven't forgotten what your family lost and sacrificed. We're talking to so, Jim Jim Frazier, a gold yeah. star father. And, and Jim, I think one of the maybe, I'll use the term disconnects is, and I, I looked back at this, when you take a look at conflicts, American conflicts, and we have gold star families dating back to World War One, World yeah. War Two, Korean War, yeah. Vietnam, you know, you know they, these go back, that as a percentage of the population, fewer and fewer of us serve which means fewer and fewer of us maybe even know people who served and or lost their lives. So, I, you know, maybe more so than ever. I saw something like it's less than 1% of the population will right. ever serve in the military. When you took at World War II, it was 40%. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's completely changed. And I think a lot of people feel removed from that. Yes, uh, uh, that's true. But, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an upside to that. Okay. Uh, hopefully that means that we're sending... Uh, less of our service members into harm's way yes, sir. and into combat as, as, uh, as things have wind down in the Middle East, uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq, we are, we are still losing a few folks here and there. Uh, we can't forget that. And we can't forget that we have service members in harm's way all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Uh, things, things are changing and, uh, the, that's kind of a good thing. You know, I, I'm, uh, I've been involved with the city of Chicago's Memorial Day for a number of years. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you guys, you asked, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, listen to the live stream today. Uh, the mayor and the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events is live streaming uh, at 11 o'clock Saturday, uh, the ceremony. And uh, the keynote address speaker is, wow. We've, we've got the Sergeant Major of the Army, oh, wow. uh, Sergeant Major Grinston, uh, coming, and he's going to be the keynote speaker. Uh, and this is an available live stream to uh, uh, the DCAS Facebook or Twitter account. Uh, but uh, Sergeant Major of the Army is the highest ranking yeah. uh, enlisted man uh, that there is. So uh, yeah, listen to it. And uh, and hear what they say, and hear hear what the sergeant major says, and and the mayor, and uh, um, and we're going to be, you know, we'll honor uh, a, uh, some local families, and uh, if you know, at least that's something Saturday that you can do at eleven o'clock. Mm. 
Well, I, 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 I promise you this, sir. We will, we will think about your son, your son Jake, and we will remember his sacrifice. And you know, this is a, a, a young man who, you know, joined the Illinois Air National Guard, w- w- was yep. deployed, went to defend his country, heard the call after after nine eleven, um, and 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 sadly didn't didn't come home. Um, but we yeah. thank you, and we we think about you and your family and the sacrifice that you made, a, a gold star dad and, and a gold star family this Memorial Day. Bruce, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that acknowledgement, and and we truly appreciate the reminder that uh, this is this is the uh, day and the weekend for recognizing and and remembering our fallen. He's Jim Frazier, a gold star dad, and we thank him for joining us as uh, we head into a Memorial Day weekend. More than just barbecues, yeah, it, you know, and like you said, but I like the way you said, enjoy your enjoy barbecue, it. but Absolutely. talk about it yeah. too. But because, remember why, right? We have just sometimes we don't understand or our perceptions a little bit off. You know, we think, oh, it's to honor veterans. No, yeah. and and, and, only and it is to honor veterans, up. but veterans who gave their life. And the only reason I bring that up, and I, I you know, I'm on a, a bit of a, a mission to separate Veterans Day and Memorial Day, is I made the mistake. I have a, a friend who served in Iraq, and I think I, I made a comment to him on Memorial Day, and he said, stop right there. And yeah. he said, this is not a day for me. I came back. Mm-hmm. And he said, let me give you some names of my friends that didn't come back. Yeah. This is their day. He says, you want to thank me for my service? We'll talk in November. Yeah. We'll talk on Veterans Day. That's fine. And he said, that's not what today's about. And so I felt like, they're not, you know. Um, believe me, oh, yeah. to, them, to them, yeah. there's a to, huge so difference. If yeah. that's coming from a soldier, I said, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. I, I, I will I will remember that's a lesson right. that I needed to learn, the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day, and crystal clear, yeah. got it. And so we remember people like uh, like Jacob Frazier. Yeah. And we'll the put the link event. up to that event uh, for, on yeah, Facebook, nice. on the WLS AM Facebook page. We'll put the link so you can just follow that and watch the event on Saturday. Yeah, and, uh, and if you're looking for uh, either support you're looking to find other people that have been through something similar or looking for other ways to help, you can go to goldstardads.org. I think we got a good lesson on Memorial Day. I know that was pr- yeah. pretty good there. Uh, really appreciate Jim Frazier joining us for that. And just to add in there, um, because one of our texters pointed out, yeah. Armed Services Day is for those currently serving. Okay. Veterans Day for those who have served and have come served. home. And as we just learned, Memorial Day for those who served and did not come home. There is a difference. Thank you to all. And and mm-hmm. as Americans, we should know the difference. Yeah. Please don't say Happy Memorial Day. Mm. Just please don't say that. I'm just saying it, it's, it's it's cringeworthy. People say I know. I know right. you do. It's a default, and I'm I'm not mad. I'm just saying it's it's a solemn day. It's not a happy day. That's just the reality. Yeah. Um. We certainly think a lot of our troops, and, and again, if you respect them and you appreciate the work they've done, then you're going to care about the difference between all these holidays and the way that we commemorate and remember uh, people who have sacrificed and served our country. And it turns out, according to the People Do Surveys, that when it comes to transgendered people serving in the military, most Americans are pretty okay with that. 66 percent now that is down slightly from 2019 when it was 71 percent i think it's interesting because i i am of the ilk and i felt the same way with women in the military if someone wants to volunteer 
to serve our country, potentially be deployed overseas, potentially be in harm's way, get shot at, whatever it might be, yeah, and potentially die because of that. Who am I to tell them you can't serve? That's kind of the way I always went. I, I just looked at it. I say, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Yeah. Your sexual proclivity, if you're gay or straight, if you're a man or a woman, your race, you, transgender, irrelevant yeah. to the idea that you raised your hand and said, I, I sign up to serve this country. That's So I think that's what you see in that number. Absolutely. I can't be the only one that kind of can draw that line in there. But then when you ask the same group, by the way, so you're still asking the same group of people, what about allowing transgenders, transgendered people to play sports on the team that align with their gender identity, if not their biological? Yeah, that's where the numbers change. Yeah. 62% of Americans say trans athletes should only be allowed to play on sports teams that correspond to their sex that they were assigned at birth. Hmm. So 34% say they should be able to play on the team, but the majority say no. Does that mean we take sports more seriously than the military? Yeah, right. I, 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 is that, does that mean that we, well, we think that's it, more important? It's different because one's a competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One isn't. You know, one, they're, they're two different I things. I can make an argument well, that there's a, a hell of a lot of competition, competition in, yeah. in the military. Not I against the each argument. other. I just, yeah. no, I... I there are two different things in my book. I, I mm-hmm. totally get why those numbers are different. Well, yeah. Would you want Bruce Jenner back in the day being what he is now, transgendered into a woman? Would you want him doing the decathlon yeah. as a, a woman? I struggle with this. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, I or I'm a track team. It wouldn't is, be fair. It's not I don't fair. Think anybody is doing it in order to get a leg up in sports. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you go through this. Because you're trying to win the decathlon. Yeah, right. I, I, I don't, I don't think that's the reason behind it. But I can acknowledge there are differences between the men and women's bodies in general. And how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you square that circle? Yeah, I, it's yeah. Do you deny them the ability to play? Well. And then you have to let everyone, right? I mean, if it's determined by, even if you're a transgender, it it doesn't matter to me in this respect how you feel. You, you've, you're a girl. That's what you mm-hmm. want to be. That's what you're feeling. It comes down to your sex. You still are in a boy's body. Even if you think, even if you want to say you're a girl, which is fine. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I will respect that. But so then you have to, right? Allow all boys to be on the team. What? Is the argument that we need to get rid of men and women's sports and just have sports? Well, and because it's not about <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not ahead, about your mind, right? right? It's about your body. Not, a, not an it's NBA, not about how you think. NBA. Yeah, it's just basketball. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is how it should be. That would be the most fair, right? Well, I don't see it. And not let the like best. That. There's no women are not excluded from playing in the NBA. They're just not good enough. They're not excluded. There's no really? absolutely do no they, rule. Do they go and scout them and have tryouts and stuff? And if you thought a woman was going to make your team better, why wouldn't you? Hmm. What would what would be the reason not to? Um, I no, don't know. we don't want to win. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure in high school and college there are rules that right? I don't. I believe it's against the law. <laughs> you, you, I don't know. That's exclude a good question. that. 
But then like you, you, you could make the argument. You female what, kicker on. Was it, was yeah. it college or high school? High school, college, college yeah. There's been, just did. there's been female kickers yeah. in that sense in, in but football. But I feel like when you hear about that and the football players in, in the high school, especially, there, it was a fight to get on. It was a, it was a difficult challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge. So I don't know that it's that easy to just Je- boop, pop right on the boys' team. Jeff in Chicago, what point did you want to make? So I personally have no problem with transgender people wanting to serve their country. Yeah. What, what I what I have issue is is our standards being lowered for the sake of inclusivity. Why would they be lowered specifically for transgendered? Would you make the same argument where they lowered for women to join the military? I would in a, a, a combat role. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like if if, if you're in a combat situation, you want the strongest person. You want the person that can do the job. There. Yeah. Right, right. right. And, 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 and everyone has their role. Everyone has their place. There are a lot of pieces to keep the machine moving. Sure. But you want the best person in that role at any time. And to, to lower standards, potentially, so that it, somebody else could fill that role when they may not be the best for that role. I hear what well, you're saying, I, I would argue, though, that you want the smartest person there, and so hence the woman, right? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. Thanks, I, I, Jeff. I, I, and I, if it's I a, have to believe on some level the military is not dropping its standards to the point that it's putting people in positions where they can't do the job. Well, I mean, it's, I not, it, it's not. Winning a war is not about brute strength. It just isn't. Yeah. It's it about is changing. Being, it's about being smart, but right? But there are still jobs that you need to have some brute strength to do. Yeah. I've met and some I'm pretty badass assume, women, though, you know. Oh God, that, but that would be in anything. Sideways. Like, you, you guys, if you were in the same, you know, company, you wouldn't be the brute strength guys, right? You'd be taken out and you'd be on this side. It's not just it's women, it's men. It's the, the strongest right, man. But, right, but the point being is you wouldn't lower the standards for anybody. Yeah. Man, I don't do woman, it now, or I transgender. Think, yeah, yeah, so it doesn't you make... You would hope. You yeah. would hope, like yeah. Jeff said. Seven o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. And Judy will kick us off. That um, road over by the lake, it's still called Lakeshore Drive. Yes! But that's just for this month because um, aldermen have stalled a vote on uh, whether to rename it to Sobble Drive. And that's uh, been delayed until next month. So now time to call your alderman, people. Yeah, we can get all worked up over it in a month. I look forward to that. (laughs) A new foot pursuit policy. Chicago PD trying to clarify when officers should and shouldn't get involved in foot pursuits. The officer can be punished for chasing the wrong oh. person, cheese. Oh, man. Conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Time to get back to work because yes. Facebook has lifted their ban on posts claiming that COVID-19 was man-made. So start posting today. Wow. All right. Yeah. Get on it. It's man-made. Get your memes up. Yep. Hurry. <laughs> where I get all my news. Just from memes. Um, earlier this week, we, we had the story coming out of Texas that they had relaxed, loosened, what adjective do you want to use it? Their gun laws allowing for a concealed carry without a permit would be a a good way to put it. Joining us right now is Emily Taylor, our gun law expert. Emily, good morning. Good morning. Did I set up the Texas one pretty well? They're they're, They're removing existing restrictions and getting to the point where they don't have many at all, right? Yeah, you know, this is actually very um, unusual for Texas, because even though people like to, you know, imagine Texas as, 
you know, everyone is gun crazy in the Wild West, Wild West and, yeah. you know, quote a very famous movie, even my florist has a gun. It is, uh, <laughs> we are actually, uh, we're, we're behind the times. We were one of the last to institute concealed carry per, per, permits, one of the last to institute open carry. Um, and yet here we are. Um, yes, Texas will become the 21st constitutional carry state. So for people who are allowed to legally own and possess firearms under federal law, and then there are a couple more restrictions that Texas law has put in there on who can do it, you do not need a permit to carry beginning September 1st. I think uh, for critics, one of the most frightening things is that not only do you not need a permit, you don't really need any training. Yeah, that is a valid criticism. Um, I, and I'll tell you, as someone who's had a license to carry a handgun in Texas for years and years and years, um, had I only taken my gun to the range that one time, put 50 rounds onto a piece of paper at, you know, not very far away, um, sure, you could say, I know how to load up a gun and basically hit what I'm looking at. But that was seven years ago, eight mm-hmm. years ago. If I had never been to the range since, I would be as unsafe as someone who had never touched a gun. So it's still incumbent upon the individual to stay safe, but absolutely that is a valid criticism, but it is each of our responsibilities to make ourselves proficient and safe. Emily Taylor is is a gun law expert. You made the mention there, I didn't know what the number was, I apologize. Basically, Texas just got in line with 21 other states. Why do you think there was so much like outrage over it? Was people just ignorant of the fact that 20 other states were already at that point? Perhaps, but also Texas is by far the largest state to Got move it. to constitutional carry. Um, you know, we will be a good indicator. You can, you can find whatever statistic you want, right? Yep. I mean, we have statistics from the Giffords Law Center that say constitutional carry increases violent crime. We have statistics from John Lott, who I very much believe and respect, that say, actually, no, it decreases violent crime. That makes sense on a gut check level for me, because if I'm a criminal and I'm going to try to murder someone, ag rob them, um, commit some sort of horrible assault, sexual assault, I am very unlikely to pick someone who may have a weapon on them. And you just don't know once constitutional carry comes Mm. into place. Um, but you know, Texas will be actually a great study in what does it actually do? And you know, maybe some of the outrage of course, over that is, uh, in Texas right now is because of the, you know, huge spike in mass shootings just this year. Yeah. So I think it's the time. It could be the timing more than anything. Well, that's certainly possible. Now, you know, uh, of course we had a mass shooting yesterday in San Jose, Mm -hmm. Um, here is something that is, I think, very much an indicator that constitutional carry and more liberal gun laws are a good thing. As soon as the police arrived, that shooter turned his weapon on himself. That is 100% in line with what the FBI has found over and over and over again. It doesn't have to be police. It is any armed resistance, which to me says more guns equals a faster uh, shooter decides it's over and he's going to take his own life but in fairness we don't ever we hardly ever if ever see that in mass shootings right really when do when does a citizen ever stop a mass shooting it is always the police oh no absolutely not in fact in texas twice in the last two years a civilian with their own personal weapon 
stopped a mass shooting. In fact, uh, Sutherland Springs and in uh, White Settlement, Texas, both you can look them up mm-hmm. um, and really saved a lot of lives. It is something that happens regularly. It is not reported on regularly. Well, because the, the, the problem is, is it becomes a... Uh, like disproving the negative if it didn't happen because somebody intervened there isn't the big story that there was this huge body count you know what i'm saying it's it it becomes less of a story it becomes a bigger story when somebody manages to commit the mass shooting do we know any more about what happened in san jose at least regarding the gun involved the the shooter etc you know they are releasing very little information about the weapon except that there were multiple firearms involved okay. um you can imagine their firearm laws are extraordinarily strict they are uh in you California. Know, perhaps yeah. he, ex- exactly perhaps he gathered up as many 10 round magazine weapons as he could mm. and still managed to do a lot of damage because you know people who want to commit murder are going to be able to do it um it is you know i i wasn't alive i can't prove it but i'm fairly certain there were murders before the invention of the firearm yeah yeah. Emily, thank you for your time today. We do appreciate it. Thank you. She's Emily Taylor, a gun law expert. So, yeah, I, I, okay, so I, can, I guess I can understand that a certain manager of the reason the Texas story was bigger is maybe the timing of it. But, yeah, it basically just puts Texas in line with 21, 20, 20 other right. states. I mean, because they become the 21st state that you can do what Texas just said. So, where was the outrage over the other 20? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but after the Colorado shooting, was it the grocery store massacre? Yeah, that was, they, that's when the, everyone started talking about gun control. All and over again. That's why. Because so, we hadn't had one right. in, what, about and, a year? Exactly. In like. Texas, uh, well, we've had 200, we're learning. Yeah. Over 200 already. But, yeah, so I think it's the timing. It's the perception more than anything in Texas, like, as we're talking about. But as, it is. As the nation a, talks about gun control in ma- light of these mass shootings, Texas is saying. I, I wish we had real data from a outside independent source that you could actually rely on because i think too much of the data comes from a uh, a group that has too much invested in it right. either side either side and they start with the proposal of we need to prove that guns are bad or good and we're going to do a study that gets us to where we want to go something more independent i would feel a lot more comfortable with going okay so does it work Do, does concealed matter, carry though, increase he... or decrease i I, yeah. I admit that i don't know yeah. Well, I, I look know. it up, and you can find you can find something that articles on each side. Yeah, uh, exactly that proves the point. It's Either just way. what you're willing to believe. Yeah, right. And even if you did have what you would call an independent study, I think there are still the people who are pro gun would still say nope, that's not true, and the anti guns would say no, that's not true. Where are you going with this cheese? Good morning, Bruce. Judy, the ticks <laughs> are coming. No, did it? Did you? The sinking of the Bismarck. This is the 80th anniversary of the sinking of the Bismarck, World War II, naval battle. Shout out to Paul. Paul requested this. <laughs> I kid you not. Hit me up on the Facebook and wanted to request sink the Bismarck. He was there. He was a... I don't think Paul was there. <laughs> but thank you, Paul, for yeah. requ- 80 years I ago. I like a today. song that tells a good story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I got a question. I'm getting derailed here. We're thinking about the Sink the Bismarck Navy. I'm at Navy Pier. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Why is it called Navy Pier? Yes, for that reason. 
They trained. Okay, because right. the ships pulled up. License. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank wow. you. Wow. I, re- I was reading the plaques and things, and I couldn't, you know, there were plaques about the uh, the anchor from the U.S. at Chicago, yeah. and there, there, the, all these things, but I was like, I can't get to the point where, because I was looking at it going, I mean, from, as as the Navy goes, it, it was a hell of an installation, because last time I checked, neither the Germans, the Japanese, or the Canadians managed to attack Chicago by Lake Michigan, so good for them. Yeah, because of the Navy Pier. Navy Pier fended them off. Yes, there were submarines. No. Yes, really. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I need yes, to watch I that have documentary. Heard, I've read wow. that. All right, yep. Shout look out it to up. Now I got to worry go. about. But listen, that. it's only going to be Navy Pier until we change the name. Dusable Pier. <laughs> don't start it, because you know. Yeah, so, don't you know, get that idea. We're trying to stop. Some alderman just went. It's a hell of an idea. Yeah. yeah. Why shouldn't he get the pier? That first guy's onto something. <laughs> Dusable. I mean, pier. by the way, Dusable lived here for twenty years. I don't even think he meets the threshold. You live here longer than twenty years. Yeah, I know. Right? Where's my street? Judy Pie Pier. There you go. Ooh, I like it. It has a uh, ring to it, yeah, right? It does have a ring. Um, it is that time of year, by the way. The cicadas are out and about, right? And we are the seventeen year. We are not ground zero for it. My brother. In Virginia is like yeah, it's everywhere. Oh, Definitely man. right. Yeah, the, the yeah. Noise, we're not at right? that one. Yeah, that's too bad. I like. But it. There's an app that will show you where they all are in case you want to go. There's an app. Of course, there's an app for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find the cicadas emerging. Yeah. 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 Who wants to watch cicadas emerging? I can't think of anything worse. The, yeah, they're gross. Well, you could watch their butts fall off. Uh, yeah, you know what? Now that, that sounds interesting. They, yeah. There's like a thing, and their butt falls off, <laughs> which. They are the nastiest little worse. things. Sounds like Sounds a rap song. Like, 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 how could yeah. you make a cicada worse? Eventually think, their butt falls off. I think their butts <laughs> fall off as they're having sex, by the way, which they are like crazed. Sex crazed. Their butts are falling off. They make noise. <laughs> Our cicadas' oh, butts are falling off. <laughs> we need a pill for that. How disgusting. come they didn't get that into the movie? Um, but for chefs who might want to go find a, no. a cache there, they, the, oh. the app will show you where they're emerging. Wow. Look, at nor- if I order food and there's a bug in it, I'm sending it back and we're getting free food. I'm not ordering the bug in the food. Okay, real quick. <laughs> okay. One time I was at a restaurant in Chicago and it was a very bee season. And, you know, doors, bee, bees, bumblebees, bees, bees okay. were out wasps and the doors of the yeah. restaurant were open and probably the back door in the kitchen. So they served me my food with a big old bee in it. I was like, excuse me, there's a bee in my um, What is the here? bee doing in my seat? Yeah, and she's like, I am so sorry. She takes away, she comes right back with the same plate. Just she took the bee out. Well, I, I could have picked the bee out myself. Yeah, we but, get rid of the bee. Yeah. I ate it. Yeah. I didn't care. Um, so here's something else that I haven't had to deal with, not living here. Ticks. Well, you have ticks, I'm sure, in Arizona. No. Just scorpions. And no, we have scorpions. We yeah. have snakes. We well, you know, that's ticks. interesting because generally, no they, generally they fall from trees. That's how you usually get a tick. Did you so wait a minute. Yeah, trees yeah. and shrubs. They, and, yeah. they fall on you. How do I defend you myself and, against ticks? Do I need yeah, to wear a luck. special collar or something? Wear that socks hat you just bought. Yeah. That'll help. Because they like hair, right? Yeah. That's where they... These things sound horrific. Yeah. yeah. Aren't they blood suckers? Yeah. Yes. They don't they, die. What do you mean they don't die? You can't, like, if you smash them, they, they still live. 
You have to like literally what burn them, cut them in half, or what? Do you, yeah, light them on cut fire. Their butts yeah. off. Sick <laughs> a cicada on them. Right, exactly. There you go. They're so disgusting because they burrow immediately and they're really hard to see until they get big like a piece of bubble gum. Have you ever seen no. one like in a dog? No, they're filled with your blood. They're filled with blood and it looks no. like a piece of bubble gum yeah. in your dog's hair. Mm-hmm. No, it's gross. Yeah, and then you get Lyme disease, which is a very, very serious disease. Well, the good news, the tick population expected to surge this year. Ah, perfect. Uh, Combined with cicadas and ticks. Ah, it's a lovely year. It's like you're coming apart. And the squirrels are still out there. They're still eating my fence. And the squirrels are still eating Judy's fence. I'm going to go round up some ticks. Because you put Tabasco sauce on it. Yeah, I just just bought a spray bottle. I'm going to do a better job of that. I'm going to round up some ticks and put them on the squirrels. And a good morning. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's cheese. You know, uh, we had an opportunity. Was it earlier this week? And I apologize. The days seem to run into one another. I think so. When you get up at four in the morning, things mm-hmm. start to get a little fall. Oh, no, every day is fresh as the day before to me. And we talked to uh, uh, people from Habitat for Humanity, and specifically about a, uh, a program that they were doing and that they were out raising money in order to build a, basically an entire community of homes to give veterans uh, an opportunity at home ownership. Operation Home America. Operation Home America. And we wanted to understand a little bit more about that, kind of where the rubber meets the road. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, we need to do more for our vets. Well, good. Let's do more for them right now. Rebecca Ropp is joining us. Rebecca, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you this morning? I am great. I want you to tell your story a little of your time in the service. I am a 16-year Navy veteran. I served as a gunner's mate um, all on land, so I was a mm-hmm. landlocked um, sailor. Yep. I have deployed to Kuwait um, two times within a span of 36 months. Wow. Um, I've seen it all, done, almost done it all. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't for certain issues, I'd uh, come Saturday would would have been my twentieth year in the service. Okay, all right. So you are one of the people. You're you're a, a single mother, correct? And you are part of this. You are a beneficiary of the Homes for Fox Valley Habitat for Humanity project. Tell us a little bit about this this project and how it's affected you. This project for um, Operation Home America um, gives all veterans, disabled, low-income families um, an upper leg on becoming an integral part of society. We have some sort of being, um, you know, that we have built our homes and built homes for other veterans Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, have an upper hand and becoming um, homeowners. So you are going to benefit, um, Rebecca, by getting one of these homes when they're built? If I don't know where I will be in the next couple of years, to be honest, but um, if the 
situation arises, yes, I would love to re- be one of the recipients of a home. Yeah, I mean, sounds like a great deal, right? It's, you know, what a wonderful um, give back to vets and built by vets. Correct. Um, we have to put in between 300 and 500 hours um, on the property, building our homes, building, you know, the homes for the other veterans and just being able to provide um, a substantial amount of credibility of being able to, you know, not only help yourself, but help others yeah we're talking to rebecca Ropp, a navy veteran of 16 years and a beneficiary of the largesse of the um, operation home america and i'm going to assume that you know other vets that are in similar situations is this a a bigger problem than maybe we're even aware of yes um you know there we all hide under the scenes we don't want to be um, seen as, you know, between the 30% and 80% medium home income. Mm-hmm. Um, we are proud of what we've done. We want to give back and we want to be, we want to feel like we are accepted into the community just like everybody else. Well, you should. Yeah. yeah, I mean, are are you trying to say that you don't? Is it hard sometimes for vets to accept help? Yes, all the time. Why is that? Because I think most Americans look at you guys as you did something so huge for us. Why not accept our help? It's it's um, we don't feel like we would be looked upon as you know, taking help. Mm. Um, it's kind of like we're ashamed of what we, we're not necessarily, excuse me, necessarily ashamed of what we have done for the country, but we're just, um, well, you've, you've been strong, you've been self-sufficient, right, and, and now help. it's difficult to be put on the other side of yeah. that. Like a pride issue. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably for most people, I yeah. guess it's probably, especially for veterans who I consider a lot stronger than me. Yeah, Rebecca, you work at Heinz VA, don't you? I do. I stopped by there one time when I was working with a charity, and I spoke with three gentlemen that were there who were actually first off the boat on, on Normandy. Oh, my. They were, like, right on the beach, wow. and there were three of them. Um, if you have a chance, I don't know if you if they can just come and visit with COVID now, but there were some amazing gentlemen and women there that had amazing stories. Oh, I can't and You want to talk about, like, you know... Getting some great stories, you know. I know working in Heinz VA probably not, you know, fun, but they have some amazing stories of people that are there. Oh, every day you hear a new story about, you know, such and such veteran, or you know, you can walk into well, not necessarily walk into Heinz, but yeah. when you walk in, you see the veterans, you know, gathering in small groups, talking about their service and bragging, and <laughs> yeah. you know. It's, it gives you a sense. The reason why I wanted to work for the VA system is 20 years ago, I made a promise saying that since I'm in, I would want to give back to those who've gone before me. Hmm. So 
Good for um, you. Every day it's a blessing that I get to go to Heinz. Nice. I mean, what a special person it takes. Yeah. Really, Rebecca. I, okay, and I really need to ask you this because we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Because you were a gunner in the Navy, right? Correct. As a woman, did you feel that you were absolutely equal with your male male counterpart in the in the military? You know, I heard this conversation earlier, and yeah. I want girlfriend. To come on, I need you right now. You heard our caller question the, the what is it the uh, capabilities? The, yeah, capabilities that you have to be strong, we, and I said you have to be smart. You not only do you have to be smart, we are put into situations not only as males and females as equals. Mm-hmm. We are one. Yeah. Um, we are expected to do the same thing, if not better, than our male counterparts. Yeah, you could argue that you're a little that, higher right. standard, right? Because right. because of that perception ahead of time. Well, just so you know, Rebecca, as a woman, you make me totally proud. <laughs> here, you. here, Rebecca. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a good day. Thank you for your service as well. That's Rebecca Rob, sixteen years in the Navy, a torpedo gunman for goodness' sake. Yeah, yeah, she was, uh, and and served our country well. And like you said, a lot of them, uh, you know, it's hard I, for them to accept help it's because, terrible because because of the way that they they, they train right. and because of how they're held up on a pedestal, rightfully so. It can be very difficult to come back and say. You know, right. I, I could use that hand. It's like a, a vicious circle, right? Because I think the people who join the military are already, they all, they have, their their pride is just bursting, right? I mean, they're already a step, uh, certainly above someone like me. So you're right. On the other end, when they get out, it's so much harder for them to ask for help or accept help. It's called Oper- Operation Home America and a affordable veteran housing community. Yeah. That's being built right here. Uh, you can learn more information. You can go to chicagolandhabitat.org. Find a way that you can uh, donate. Yeah. You can volunteer. Here to help build uh, the houses. Especially, shout out to those of you that may have a skill or a trade when you're thinking about construction and whatnot. Yeah. That maybe you could put that, that, that and, and help some of the people that have, that have done such Plus an amazing they, work. They are looking for donations because yeah. they need to get that money to buy yeah. that plot of land. Right. First things first, they yeah. need the money to buy yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I think later on I could maybe go help decorate. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Curtains. Little feng shui. Yeah. Up in there, <laughs> I was outdoors. I was at the uh, White Sox game, and I was like, "This is a, this is warm." You look like you may have gotten a little bit, little bit, little little bit, bit of color. Of mm, yeah. yeah, I walked around there a little bit. Don't you Trying love to start that? A few fights. Don't you love that thirty degree temperature swing, though? I I've given up on the weather here. Don't give up yet because there's another thing you're going to have to worry about. Uh, yeah. So it's beautiful right now. It's going to rain this afternoon. There's storm. always a chance of rain. There's no, <laughs> no, there's no right. chance. It's going to storm. Always Get a chance ready. of rain. Chicago storms and rain. Literally. Seems like Every lately. Day. And by the way, tomorrow's going to be in the 50s. Actually, it might be in the 50s down here, downtown. Oof. It's always cooler. All right. So enjoy. So a lot of folks, we've heard about this. There's a lot of flux out there when it comes to the job market. Some people uh, see this as an opportunity to maybe find a, a new job because a lot of employers out there are maybe not exactly sure who's coming back to the office. Will some people return? If they won't return... And they're forced to, well, they go somewhere else. You know, there could be a lot of movement out there. So if you're out there looking for a job, think about the job interview process. Can you tell that it's a good place to work by the interview process? This, this, this conversation starts with a bunch of people were, were giving their personal experiences 
of like red flags or or green flags. Can I tell you a, a, something good about here? And I'm I'm disappointed to say this because I know he's listening. <laughs> and that's Marv. Yeah. Marv's the big boss. Marv knows everybody's name. Yeah. Give me an example. I think you you work at a good place. God, I hate saying this because he hears it. It's just the head keeps getting bigger and bigger. He can barely get through the door anyway. Barely. Yeah, his head. We walked out into the hallway and there is a custodian building cleaner. I, I, oh, I'm i not sure what her. Yeah. Custodian. Yeah. Okay, custodian. Mm-hmm. And she was cleaning like the knobs on the elevators and you know, going around. Marv knows her. He knew her name? Knows her name. Hey, has a conversation oh. with her. Haven't seen you in a while. Oh, yeah, we're back. And, yeah. and this, I think it's a really good sign if the boss knows the name of the custodian, the gender, quote unquote, some of the little, little yeah. people, as opposed to only knows people that have corner offices. I think that's a sign of a good place to work. Plus, he didn't even hire her. She, you know, no, I mean, so she works for the building. Yeah, so yeah. He, and he, know, yeah. I, I always say hi to her, but I don't know her name. Oh yeah, yeah. Mar- Marvin, her best friends. That's yeah. great. Going to lunch today or something? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I talk to the two uh, security girls downstairs every single day. Yeah, yeah. have a nice weekend. Oh, nice shoes. What do you wear? We're girl. It's a girl thing too. A girl thing. But I'll tell you what. When I first came to this uh, radio station, way back when, um, last year probably, when I was coming in talking to people, I noticed the um, the common room, the lunch room. Yeah. Really? That I I totally was into that. That was oh. such a good vibe. You, there's booths in there. There's yeah, free coffee. Like, like, like diner booths. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's mm-hmm. practically a stove. It's like a kitchen. Yeah. And it just was cool. Same with the um, the room here. Do you guys call this the green the room lounge, or the, the lounge? Ground, yeah. yeah. Where you have bands and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it just was a great good vibe. vibe. Yeah, yeah. I go I always I go by that. my feelings. But yeah, I really enjoyed that and the perk of free coffee. No pun intended, perk, get it? Ah, yeah, that uh, was a big later. deal, too. And uh, when there's free food, it's even better. Yeah, although I wish we had a coffee service. I am going to complain a little bit that uh, you do, you know, because I've, I've worked at place before. We had the, the coffee service. You know, like we're, an in-house barista? You know, <laughs> you say that. Right? You say that. Oh, I'm sure like Google. This week's places. girlfriend, you know, she they have a, they have a, a barista slash shake maker. Oh. At their office, you go and tell. Uh, I would like a protein shake with uh, strawberries. Right. Why well, stop there? Let's. I want an omelet now. Yeah, oh, I want an omelet, omelet station. Bar, yeah. but that's you're a listening. good. Like I would argue, you know. It, well, that's a good place to work. You're yeah. on an interview. Yeah. You're walking around. Well, it shows that they they see you as something more than maybe just a worker bee, a grunt. Yeah, exactly. Right? If they, if they, they acknowledge, care. right? I thought this was interesting. Um. I, I've done this before, and I, I I don't think I realized it. I was I, I was interviewing. I was the boss, and somebody came in at the end of the day. You know, we we did our interview around five ish. You know, near the end of the day, quote unquote work day, and we were walking around, and the place was almost empty. And they're like, so, like people don't stay past five. They don't have to stay if they know. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, I mean sign me up. Yeah, we yeah. Don't, we don't we don't have like we're not checking IDs at the door. You know, I said we kind of work on if you get your work done, you can leave when you want. You know, you might you might find some people here at eight o'clock at night, but that's yeah. their decision. Yeah. And and they said they go, 
That's a lot different than the last place I worked. Yeah, no you know, punch like, in the like, clock. Like somebody was standing yeah. there at eight fifty eight, waiting to see if you walked in the door at nine. I go, yeah, we don't really don't really work like that. Or how about laughter? You know, you walk into an mm. office or somewhere, and there's a lot, and people are talking to each other. When there's silence and people are passing each other in the halls, not talking, that should be a good red flag I, that it I, might not be a great place to work. Here's something interesting: when you're doing the interview, what does it say if? The position you're interviewing for, was the person who was doing it before promoted or fired? Ah. I think it says more about a company if they were promoted. Yeah. We promote from within. There's opportunity for growth. You know, I think that's a good thing. I think if I were the person doing the interview, I would just lie and say, oh, promoting. I would lie. We love so let's promoting. Lie yeah. on our <laughs> oh, wait, that, that would be a red flag probably yeah, for the, exactly. for the yeah. person I think, seeking the job. Like here, Jocelyn upstairs. The, yeah, Jocelyn. She's been here for like 40 years. Literally. Yeah. So low turnover. Yeah. The, you have a place where people, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've worked in a couple places like that where like folks, we would have these 20 year anniversaries or stuff. Like people came and they never left. Not for a bad reason. They they didn't leave. They were good at what they did. Right. And they were happy. And they were valued yeah. and they wanted to stay. That's that's a hell of a thing. Absolutely. We have a lot of people around this this place that have been here for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, quick turnover is probably a red flag. Yeah. yeah in yeah. any business, in right? In any business, right. Yeah. And I like I like seeing Ooh. Marv walk in, in shorts. Oh my the gosh, boss I really yeah, boss. Yeah, I, I, I look at the uh yeah, what what you have to wear. Yeah. And you know what? When I saw him in shorts the other day, I was like Nice legs, huh? Shorts, right? You Only because, well, this is radio. People have always dressed down. But I, being in the newsroom most of my career, yeah. we always had to dress up a little bit. Because you were out and about also. You never knew when you were going to be sent to right. cover the, you yeah. know, the president's here or whatever. So, yeah, I we didn't never wear shorts. But yeah, I'm wearing shorts. I'm just going to, I'm giving you the heads up right okay. now. Copy that. I, I remember we kind of went from, you know, like casual Fridays and became like casual every day. Marv dresses like casual <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, or to play a round of tennis. This is how you like, lounge hey. around the house yeah. on a weekend, for God's sake. But he's got the legs to pull it off. Okay, now we're just really sucking up to him. And you know he's going to come in here in just a minute. <laughs> Huge smile on his face going, hey, anytime you guys want to talk about right. me like that, feel free. See, exactly. <laughs> feel free. And yep. let's not forget Stephanie, because she's coming in today with donuts. Yeah, Next. there is that. I mean... You when your boss brings you donuts, pills, yeah. as I call them. Yeah. Thank uh, you. you know, my whole life I was bringing them the donuts. No, now I get the donuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot about yeah. it's culture, She's it's the, vibe, like you yep, mentioned. Jim. Absolutely. Hey, good morning, happy Thursday. Let's jump into the eight o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Judy, you kick it off. Lakeshore Drive will not be renamed Dusable Drive, at least not yet. Aldermen have stalled a vote until next month. Now's the time to contact your alderman. Here, here. Chicago police have a new foot pursuit policy dictating when they should and shouldn't chase suspects will it lead to a reduction in gun violence cheese mm. conspiracy theorists get your memes up and ready because facebook has lifted that ban on posts claiming that covid19 was man-made so get your memes out now there while you, you can absolutely it's all a mass conspiracy i'm used to it just want our next guest to feel at home yeah right? Hoorah! no that's that's Marines. Careful. Yeah, my bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, my oh, I just made oh. Joining us right now is uh, Colonel Tom, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, retired Tom Rendell. How should I refer to you, sir? Because I, the last thing I want to do is demote you or be disrespectful. Well, uh, you just demoted me, but it's okay. Everybody does. Really? 
Are you lieutenant yeah, colonel or colonel? I'm a colonel. Here, here, sir. All colonel, right. colonel retired, and the last name is Rendell. It sounds like Kendall with an R. Got know? it. I, my bad. Remember uh, the guys with the guys that made the tape. There you go. Absolutely. Mm. All right, Rendell. Got it. Um, question for you. I know that that we are coming up on Memorial Day. You uh, and I don't want to tell your story, but you have certainly served this country for quite some time. Give me a little bit of background of your your military years, your history uh, with the Army. I grew up in Downers Grove. My dad was a World War II era veteran. He was in the Army of Occupation, First Cav, Japan, at the end of the war. At 17, he entered the Army. All the men on our block probably were World War II or Korean War vets, but as little guys, you didn't know. But that's just the kind of ethos that they shared uh, in Downers Grove. Um, I went to school at Knox College. I tried to get in the Naval Academy, and the eyes weren't good enough, so I ended up at Knox, my father's alma mater. I went in ROTC from there, and then um, I served 28 years active. Wow. And uh, after uh, retiring, I became an Army civilian where I still serve. So I've been under contract since 75. Wow. You've so seen a lot during years. your time, I'm going to assume. And, and I know that you've been deployed around the world. Yeah, and I, as Yogi Berra said, I've seen a lot just by watching. I've been a <laughs> ranger, ranger company commander, a special forces team leader, special forces company and battalion commander, battalion twice. Served in a number of operations in uh, some interesting places. Served under Dave Grange, who's a great friend. Oh, I love Dave. So uh, I've had a great career, and I'm, I'm happy to be on the show with you this morning. Great to have you with us, sir. And so just, uh, do we call you Colonel? I mean, Colonel. is it like no, when you're you president? Call, you, you, call me, you just call me Tom. Tom? Asked, sir, asked, no, sir. Once we're done, once we're done, the rank is only referred to generally in official things. But if someone asks you yeah. whether you're a colonel or a lieutenant colonel, I mean, why not? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I can't believe he made that mistake, yeah. sir. Yeah. I never would have. Mistake. Yeah, I know. Well, this see, it's a learning process, right? We just don't know so much. Um, I, you know, just... the lieutenant colonel can say colonel on the phone, and so they scare people. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I had a friend whose first name was General, and when he was a lieutenant, he would call people and tell them he was Lieutenant General Goff. <laughs> scared everybody, but his name was General. People that started snapping too pretty quick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just wondering so, what who who joins the military nowadays. Hmm. Is it is still a variety of people, or is it because I know like back in my dad's day, you know, when he joined out of high school, or actually he was still in high school, seventeen. You know, it's just a time where people, you, almost a lot of guys, like wanted to join up, right? That's and now what you did, yeah, yeah, that's what you did. Now, of course, we have women too. That's a big thing. But I'm just wondering who does, and are people? Do people look at the military as a career? Yes, they do. Many do. And in fact, you know, for the longest time, we didn't have a career military. But since uh, World War II, which is the time we expanded greatly to accommodate the World War and became a world power, we developed a number of different methods to attract people to the service. Most of it comes from the community. Much of it comes from the family tradition. Mm. Uh, and it comes from all over. But we have recruiting command that recruits soldiers uh, for the enlisted ranks and recruiting uh, commands in the other services to do the same for them. And then we have various officer accession means, such as ROTC, where I came in, officer candidate school, where many come in, and, of course, West Point. So uh, 
we have an army of a certain size, both active and, and in the reserve component. The other forces are the same. Uh, they're kept full, but obviously with worldwide commitments, uh, life is pretty pretty difficult for the force now, and, and uh, families and units are, are pretty well stretched, yeah. especially if they deploy a lot. Well, and, and, and help me understand this, and, and again, since you had started serving back in the 70s, you've, you've seen some of this evolution or this this change. Um, it Are we being... Are men and women being deployed longer, more often? Is is because we are stretched a little thinner and the nature of warfare has changed? Has it changed the way that people serve? It's definitely changed the way that people serve, but you can't really compare today's deployments to, say, people deploying in World War II because, for example, Audie Murphy mm-hmm. landed in North Africa, you know, early in the mid, uh, probably about 42 late 42 rather, and he didn't leave the war until the end. And there were many like that who ended up uh, all the way through, never having anything other than a local leave. Our people today deploy a lot, but they serve in areas for some period between perhaps three months and, and a year plus a little bit. Okay. But then you see people today with 10 or 15 service stripes that means they've done that many tours overseas. Wow. I started teaching in 2001, and I would ask who's been to Iraq or Afghanistan by about 2004, and I would get a hand for each. Yeah. And I would then start asking how many times, and it got up to, while I was teaching, about six or seven, and sometimes six or seven, and three to the other place. Wow. So um, we ask a lot of these people. Yes, sir. And uh, it's it's a problem today in the sense that you read about uh, things that occur that, that drive people towards various different uh, things that we try to get control of, suicide and other things. Um, And that's being addressed as best the services can. I mean, everybody's very concerned about the soldier, airman, Marine, uh, Air Force person, and Coast Guardsman, as well as the other expeditionary agencies of the government like CIA and others. Yeah. Well, we're we're obviously this this weekend Memorial Day on Monday. What does Memorial Day mean to you? Can can you put a can, can you help us those that haven't served understand it from a soldier's perspective? Yes. Um Memorial Day is a tradition that began at about the time of the Civil War because it was pretty well widespread the various suffering deaths and so forth across the country. It evolved from several different traditions. Decoration Day was the first uh, designation, but gradually through the years, it's become known as Memorial Day. And when I was a boy, we used to go to the cemetery on that day to visit our ancestors. Mm. Uh, It generally fit into several traditions around the world, but gradually became known as Memorial Day and has been codified in law as a federal holiday the the last Monday. Of, of the month of May, generally seen as the start of summer. So for me, uh, and for what we actually uh, honor it, it's it's to honor those who died in the service. But obviously those who are buried in cemeteries and such who've served are, are honored as well. Yes, sir. Um, it's not to be confused with Veterans Day that falls in November, which occurred as a result of the end of World War One, the, the hour and moment of the armistice. Armistice Day, yeah. Well, and I think that's an important distinction, and I, I don't want to belabor the point, but Memorial Day isn't Veterans Day, and Veterans Day isn't Memorial Day. They're they're separate for a reason. Right. 
And so we very rarely to each other will say happy Memorial Day or happy Veterans Day because to a, to a person who served, they each have their own uh, specificity, I guess yeah. is a sure. good word. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Okay, then I, I was just about to say, well, happy Memorial Day, but no, I will no. not anymore. No, I know. But, you know, I, let's see. I mean, in America, that's what we do, right? We kind of celebrate Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. Right? But Absolutely. that's okay. I mean, I want, we have to allow that it's okay as long as we remember that it's also Memorial Day. You know, it's about the people who served and died. Yes, that's right. And, in fact, obviously, it's, it's proper to celebrate either. You know, in other words, picnics and all that, that's, that's wonderful. Because we, we have to understand that in our country, as a republic, our soldiers are citizens. And although... We miss those that have passed. Uh, it's proper to remember them uh, with good humor, celebrations, and so forth, parades and such. I mean, those are the ways that a boy like me would even learn about yeah. the service, right. asking yeah, questions. Exactly. And I remember going off to those things as a small boy with my folks and having to stand there with my hand held. I've even got some pictures of that, watching the parades go by and down this grove. Right. Had it not been for that kind of exposure, uh, wouldn't even be here doing this today and in the earliest times that I can remember in the fifties when I was only tiny, um, there actually were some that were thought to have been civil war veterans. Wow. So when you're at one of these parades, you're often watching people that, that may be, uh, truly ancient like I am now, but <laughs> now, now. Is, you know, at the end of it all, you say, uh, this is quite the thing and, and we're quite a country and we're, we're in some kind of, uh, process right now that's going to make us better in the end. So we all have to wish for that and work for that. Nice, Colonel, thank you so much for your time and uh, thank you for your service. Thank you and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with you and your audience this morning. It's a great honor. You got it. And, uh, have a nice weekend. You as well. That's a uh, Colonel Rendell. I'm, I'm not, or as I call him, Tom. I'm not going to demote him and I'm not going <laughs> to uh, uh, call him anything other than Colonel. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to arm wrestle him either. No, sir. You'll no, probably no, win. No. no doubt. <laughs> I concede. I concede. You know, it's it's become there have been certain laws now that have been popping up. Should transgendered athletes be able to compete in the sport they identify with or the sport that they from their their identity they were born with? Hmm. It's a heck of a debate, right? It's uh, talking about it right here on 890 WLS. It's the Bruce St. James Show right here on 890 WLS. Good morning, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese with you. A little bit chillier today than it was yesterday. Quite a bit chillier. I'm like, shorts, put them back in the thing. Get the jeans out. Do I need a hoodie? <laughs> Do I need a jacket? Is it going to rain? The, is it see? SPF 90. The fashion is the worst part of Chicago weather. Is it, though? Yes, because you don't know what to wear. Galoshes, there's which not, I don't there's know. There's no in-between <laughs> weather. Yeah. Well, galoshes would have helped you, I'm just saying. Would have helped yesterday. You could have galoshed your way over to the lake with those galoshes. Copy that. Um... 
There's some polling data out there, which is which is kind of interesting because it really goes to how we see transgendered people, specifically um, Gallup, a respected polling organization. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. do do studies um, found that when it comes to a transgendered person. What Americans think they should or shouldn't be allowed to do can change dramatically. Right. So that poll found that 66% of people favor allowing openly trans people to serve in the military. Okay. so Now, it's noteworthy that it is slightly down from a previous measure in 2019 when 71% were It's actually changed a little. Okay. All right. Now, at the same time. Same time. 62% of Americans, those same uh, people surveyed. Almost same number percent of Americans say trans athletes should not be allowed serve in the military but not play volleyball but well they could play volleyball (laughs) if they're if they were born a boy they can play Mm -hmm. volleyball with the boys yeah only not the girls so they say that trans athletes should only be allowed to play on sports teams that correspond with the sex they were assigned at birth how far does that go high school college pro Mm. i mean where does that end do you see what I'm saying? Like, is there a limit? Is there a minimum age, maximum age when you you c- could? Are we concerned about high school sports? Are we concerned about college sports? Are we concerned about pro sports? Like pro, yeah. If a if a man transitioned to a woman, okay, and wanted to play tennis on against other women, like right. in the women's circuit, would that be a problem? Hmm. Well, and the thing that is, happened. Richards, Renee Richards, did I get that right? And Renee Richards didn't tell anybody that she used to be a man. Oh, really? Right. That was the 80s? military you're talking about, right? No, it was tennis. Oh, oh tennis. That was it in was... the 80s? I, God, I apologize if I didn't get, get that one up. Yeah. Wow. Renee Richards. Yeah. Huh. So Renee Richards did that and then got run out of tennis because even back then it was like, you 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 can't do that. Yeah. Did I get but that I right? wonder now if it'd be more... Well, here's Open the thing. Door. You say, because the way you said it was transition. 70s. Yeah. Very few, I believe, people still have transitioned completely from one sex to another, right? It's mm-hmm. not that common. Yeah. Oh. They, they transition somewhat, right? So maybe, but maybe not, I'm, I'm caught up in some of the definitions and well, admit that maybe I'm not 100% clear on all well, of that. And, yeah. maybe and that's I'm not trying why, to be disrespectful. I'm, I'm that's just why we're know. seeing these... These numbers in this poll, yeah. because people. So, if you have um, a transgender, I mean, really, the only the biggest problem I have is with the term "they." I just can't re- remember saying "they." Oh, the pronouns. The pronouns. They, them. So, yeah. so if you have a a girl, a guy who's guy. transitioning to a girl, but guy. hasn't transitioned all, and by transitioning, hasn't done anything physical, maybe. Just started dressing like dressing a woman. and yeah, yeah, you know that's different. That's different, I think. So if they have the sur- they go so far as to have the gender reassignment surgery. Did I get that right? Yeah, that would be transitioned. Yeah, and are so, you okay with it then, or still no? I don't know because mm. when we talk about men and women, I think a lot of it, you know, it's hormones, it's makeup. Physical makeup, right? So when you transition, so but isn't say, that why they're transitioning? Is because like hormonally and physically they feel. I, 
But okay, if I you haven't want, done it. I don't if you know. want to transition to another sex, yeah, a lot of that transition is about hormones, one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna, and if you're therapy, isn't right, there? If you're gonna be a girl, if you're a girl, you were born a girl, and now you say you're a boy. Yeah, you you take hormones, right? To or, or is it a lack of hormones? Because I'm getting confused. Myself. Yeah, let me go the other way. I know that one. If you if you were born a boy, you want to be a girl. You would take hormones, right, to mm-hmm. make yourself more feminine. Physically, mm. physically, whole, yes. Testosterone. 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 Thank you. you thank you. Yes. Estrogen, it's estrogen, estrogen. It's all, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hormones play into it a lot. You're so, but if you're, if you're a guy and you want to be a girl, but you don't do any transitioning except in psychologically. Yeah. Or you, you're, that's what they're saying. You're, you change you, your hairstyle and the way you dress. Right. Now, and you're still 6'4 and buff and. Hmm. You're on a team where the girl. So girls are saying on these uh, these athletes, female athletes are saying, "Yeah, how come no? Uh, how come I've no guys my, are complaining that girls are showing up?" I know, right? They're saying I've worked my <laughs> that, whole life. That tells you what the root of this is. Yeah, I've worked my whole life, and I <laughs> to, to, in this sport, whatever sport, and now this guy comes in and he's you know a foot taller and yeah. can Le- spike the ball, and I can't, whatever. LeBron I mean, is not worried worried about any girl. Probably Transitioning not. to a man and yeah. playing in the NBA. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Every not about it. Yeah. WNBA player is worried if LeBron suddenly identifies as a woman, he'll score a thousand points a night. All right, he will. He will just sit he there. He cries and like a woman. He certainly oh. does. I didn't mean anything he, by that. A lot of whining. <laughs> I just meant he whines a lot. A lot. Right? Yeah. Wait, we not, you can't play me in that tune with me. You can't. Do oh, it. I know. Well, this is an easy you, one. That is an easy awful. one. I'll get you. I could have gotten that in the first three notes too. That you. Right. That one. Um. Hey, every day at this time, we like to celebrate the restaurants in and around Chicago, the unique culinary experience. It's Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Yes. Nice And so we, thank you. (laughs) There's a lot of acronyms. I'm listening. I am still, (laughs) we were just trying, yeah, we were just trying to figure out what GLAD stood for, for goodness sakes. (laughs) I cannot keep up with all the acronyms, but we are going to be celebrating restaurants. Boop. And joining us right now is Gene Frondoso, the executive chef at Mickey's Park. See, we played the oh Mickey. Hopefully, it's somebody. Mickey's Park. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank oh. the maker. Could have been Mickey's. Right. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Gene, this is uh, Korean inspired, and maybe for those that aren't up to speed on the uniqueness or the the, the differences in in Asian cuisine. What does Korean inspired mean, at least for you as the executive chef? Well, Korean inspired um, food is we took that idea from Korea as when they actually sell street foods like um, popcorn chicken, which is Americanized, but we put a twist on it. Um, traditionally, they have the GJ street cakes and rice cakes. Mm. So we actually put that into our um, restaurant slash bar to you know, River North, busy area. Who would want to not have spicy food, fried foods late at night? The more you, the more spice you eat, you drink. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not that familiar with Korean food. Like, what is your mo- what's the most popular Korean dish? Believe it or not, it's actually it's Americanized Korean. Um, our lemongrass sliders and our Impossible Burger is. One of um, a couple of our top sellers, but our Korean fried chicken sandwich is a monster sandwich, oh. which it's enormous and amazing. 
Yeah. Korean fried chicken Get it? is KFC Korean fried chicken. It's, it's oh, so good. There. Yeah. So, why? Why it's, it's is made it made so with good? magic? It's made with magic. Okay, That's why. made with magic. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Magic and love. And, and love, Gene. Yeah. Absolutely. Love tastes delicious. Gene, is Korean food spicy by nature? Are spices or is, is, is there a heat? Is that part of it normally? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> what the thing is about Korean food, me, when, me and my wife, when we go to the Korean barbecue, there's sesame. There's a lot of sesame-based um, products like gochujang paste, Sesame seeds, sesame oil, but little they know once you cook it, the sugar actually comes out, and it's a little sweet and spicy at the same time. Okay, I'm huh. learning, and I bet mm-hmm. you know I'm one of those Americans who just I can't take a lot of heat. So while I want to eat this food, you know, if it's spicy, I get, I get out of the kitchen up. then. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. feel like you know you're talking about you've Americanized it a little bit and made it less. It's not a three-alarm fire right, in your yeah, mouth. Yeah. No, no. I mean, just like our wings, we call it um, um, LFG wings. Okay. Back then, we used, to, we used to do it on lollipop, but do, through labor, my staff couldn't do it, so we just went back to regular wings. But then again, our wings are breaded. We marinated for at least four hours in our um, own Mickey Spice seasoning. So... Normally, when you cook a regular wing with just naked wise, it takes about 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. Our wings, nine minutes. Still oh. juicy, not bloody inside. Oh, okay. Yum. Yeah. Well, and, so, and listen, yeah. You, you're an executive chef. You know of what you speak, right? And my question yeah. for you, we're talking to, to Gene Frondoso, again, executive chef at Mickey's Park, right over here on Hubbard, right down the street. Oh, right nice. Um, where did your passion, where did your love of food come from? I'm always curious to go. Yeah, how did you get into this? Coming from a military background, I never really thought I would fall into this um, industry. But just watching my grandfather cook, my mother who makes the best spaghetti in the world, um, my dad, you know. But at the same time, it's like me in high school. I would experiment with ramen, top ramen of all things. I put cabbage in there, spam, hot dog, whatever. Oh. Meat my grandma would leave out to thaw for my grandpa to make for dinner and don't get she'll get mad at me like, What the hell happened to my um to the meat? Like, oh. <laughs> you were experimenting back then. You were you were learning the trade not even knowing what you were doing really. Yep. I was watching Emma Lagasse already, like, okay, <laughs> mm. what the, what the hell is Creole? Yeah, what like, is Creole? <laughs> And little did I know, my very first cooking job happened to be at Errol Smith um, or his fish house at MGM. Really? Wow, nice. Wow. Oh, imagine that. That's a full circle there. Oh, my goodness. Three, Gene, and, a half, three tell- and a half years, I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I yeah. Can, I bet. Tell me about the love slushy. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. That's all I need to know. Oh, my God. That's all I need to know. <laughs> The first time I tried it, because um, we it took us a while to um, get that recipe down, thanks to one of our um, bartenders that like got it to the tea. It's just full of love. Okay. And one or two of those, you'll be in a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is not your traditional. Sl- this is an adult slushy. Very adult slushy. A very adult slushy. Even I would, better. 
I would say there's like maybe six or seven different kind of alcohol in there. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds you like it goes... You won't even notice how, how any spicy. spices That's what I said. It sounds like it goes gone. great with the menu. And you, the, yeah, you know, your place looks absolutely fabulous, too. And are you... You're open now? Everything's... Regular? Serving indoors? We're, yes. We're open from 11 to... Kitchen is open from 11 to midnight. Mm-hmm. Wow, weekends. nice. Um, weekends... Um, kitchen is open till one in the morning, but oh. the bar is open until three in the morning, Monday through no wait, Monday to Monday to Sunday through um. There you Saturday go. We're open. Until <laughs> we can stop by for a cocktail before work. Look at Ooh, that. There we go. come to work. Oh my gosh, Gene! Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Wait, Gene. Quick question: BTS or God Seven? Got seven. Nice. Korean pop. Korean. Right. K-pop. K-pop. All right. I hear okay. you. Good. Oh, okay. Gene Frondoso, <laughs> the executive chef at Mickey's Park. Want to learn more about him? Hey, Mickey'sPark.com. That's M-I-K-I. Mickey'sPark.com. Right over here on Hubbard. It looks and, beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah. The the slushy. The in adult cool slushy. Oh, yeah. The slushy. Uh, You're please. in. Oh, on a hot summer day? Are you kidding me? Right? Going this weekend. Fantastic time. With Mickey's mm-hmm. Park. Right over here in Hubbard. The can- Korean fried chicken sandwich. KFC. Oh, man. It does I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, you look at their, the pictures. On the yeah, they're not day. messing around. Oof. No, they're not messing around. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. It's Thursday. You know, we had a couple of high-profile officer-involved shootings. Over a short period of time here in Chicago, the Adam Toledo shooting, which was caught on a a body camera, and then the Anthony Alvarez, which only happened a couple weeks after that. Both of them involved Chicago police involved in a foot pursuit of a suspect. And after that, I I remember almost immediately there there was a lot of discussion about and I, I saw from, you know, community leaders and activists that there needs to be a change in the foot pursuit policy that that the argument being that these the deaths of these two people would not have happened had Chicago police not chased them. And while I will acknowledge, okay, there's some truth to that. Had they, let's use Anthony, uh, let's use uh, uh, Adam Toledo. Had he not been firing a gun and running with a weapon at two in the morning, he also might not have come into contact with police mm-hmm. and been on the receiving end. So, like the and idea, had police not chased him, would that be worse? He, hey, would, he would have a gun. He would still have a gun, possibly. And they were shooting it off in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't. That, that's the one I didn't understand. Don't you want police to come when there's some guy on the street corner taking pot shots at cars? Yeah, randomly Isn't firing. That, you would think would, so. Wouldn't you think that? There's a good reason to call the cops. And then they get there, and the person runs. Is the argument, can't chase them now. They're running. Yeah. Even though they might have a gun. Right. And, and, and if I understand the new policy, Judy, because Chicago Police Department is trying to clarify the policy maybe we need to understand kind of what they said about it first right and they're they're clarifying it and saying that this is the way police 
are trained anyway, but now they're codifying it, really, putting means. it into writing. Oh, it's okay. a written policy now. I think before it was just something maybe they knew to do, they were trained to do, so they should have known. But really, I think this is one of the key factors. They must have probable cause that the person committed a crime or believe that they're about to commit one. But even... So, so in the, using the Adam Toledo as an example... Yeah, I don't Bo- think this both is of those would would yeah. both of them actually. Yeah. We believe you're the you're the suspect. We got the the shot spotter, gunshots fired. There's video. You have a gun in your hand and you're running. Probable cause. So you, what, what, yeah. not only do I think you committed a crime, but you're running with a weapon and you that might, you just fired. Aren't you a threat to the rest of the right. public? You at might that commit point? more crimes. I mean, Right, But that's the way I see that. And I'm not trying to be dismissive and all these kids all deserve it. Well, no, no 13-year-old deserves it. Yeah, and those two cases just might not be the best cases. But they were the reason but why they, they the talked reason, about right. changing but the policy. So how does the policy change Like it? you said, those were the most two recent ones. We've had many. We've had others that with foot policies and, you know, even with people not being maybe killed, but foot policies that maybe didn't end well. So, uh, foot chases, rather. So... Mm-hmm. They're, the policy is they're not allowing officers to separate from their partners if they can see the person they're chasing. Stopping the chase if others believe they wouldn't be able to control that person. Or if officers, rather, don't believe they could be able to control that person. Okay. So, again, that's that's just thinking about that one's a little bit weird. So someone's acting absolutely crazy and off the deep end. Mm, we might not be able to control him, so let's back off. Well, because yeah, I'm I trying to understand what does that person running around. Yeah, what does that I, mean? Maybe they know. Okay. Also, making attempts to contain a suspect to a particular area by notifying outside police units as an alternative to chasing them. So, in other words, uh, if they ran into a park. They're headed yeah, that direction. Exactly. Head them off at the yeah. pass. Mm-hmm. But if they just keep running, <laughs> like at what point? Well, and they call the whole thing a balancing test, and that's what it is. But it, it, the, the, here's the the issue I have with it. And I can be sympathetic to citizens who are on the receiving end of getting chased and sympathetic to police officers doing the chasing. Yeah. But here's the way I I come down on this. Almost everything a police officer does over the course of his day is judgment calls. Yeah. Is that guy going fast enough to pull him over? Is that suspicious enough to stop does that guy fit the description? It's all judgment calls. Yeah. Everything they do all day long is this or that, yes or no. Uh, escalate, de-escalate. You, you, like, that's what we ask mm-hmm. them to do. Right. And this policy doesn't seem to get any farther along, Mm-mm. except it does provide for punishment for right. violating this I would argue, kind of vague policy to begin with. But now that it's a written policy, officers could be subject to disciplinary action if Mm. they violate that policy. It's just so separated from your partner. I only like that for officer safety. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Don't don't get into that. Yeah. Right. For officer safety, I'm fine with that. Don't leave your wingman. Well, you know, bad things. You need backup. You need you need help. You don't know what you're running into. But also that whole thing, if if you just run, they won't chase you. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose. You want the cops not to get out of their car? If they pull up and everybody runs? Oh, well. Oh, well. What's next? Go to the next call. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? It seems to be a a policy in need of a hell of a lot more clarification. And help me understand it better. 
I don't have an intention of running from the police. Don't get me wrong. But you sure also, sound like it, though, Bruce. Sound like it. I need you to do. know exactly when I can run. Exactly. I think <laughs> yeah. you're. Well, I'm not a fast I know, we runner. We know why you're asking. I'm not a fast oh, runner. I run about twenty yards and then I'd yeah. be like, so I don't want to have to run too far before yeah. they give up. Okay. <laughs> I just. I really, I'm thinking it that through. Yeah. It's probably one of the reasons why. I would why run toward them. We're going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Please. I can. So a couple's act of kindness aimed at parents of babies and toddlers is going viral after they shared a video detailing their outing to several California Target stores to hide money inside commonly purchased baby items. Crystal Duhaney, who has a five and eight year old and is expecting her third child, says on a recent shopping trip, she and her husband noticed how expensive most essential baby items had gotten since their first days as new parents. She says they could imagine how difficult it must be during the pandemic. So they decided to hide money in items like formula containers, diaper boxes, baby bottle boxes and breast pump supplies at three of their local Target stores. So in an Instagram reel sharing the kind deeds, Duhaney explains, well, you can see her tucking the cash into those items. When we had our first baby, we struggled to make ends meet. Now that I own a successful business, I wanted to give back because I know how hard it can be. Duhaney says they hit around $1,000 that day. Outstanding. Thank you very much, Judy. Restoring our faith in humanity. There's so yeah. many stories out there that kind of knock you down a peg. Judy brings you right back around. Ends things on a high, That's if you will. All my right? pleasure. Um. Hey, we also think uh, MG and that whole posse over there in Mission Control. Is it is it B-Rat over there today? Brett's over there today, yeah. Well, shout out to them. Pressing all the buttons, making mm-hmm. things happen. Infant producer Miranda, who's sitting on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. Thank you to her. DJ Cheese, working the ones and twos this Thank morning. You, sir. And Nick Gale, who will continue to deliver all the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, the things you need to know. Coming up next, right here on 890 WLS.